Hello, welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Neil in Arizona. Today is Friday, January 19th, 2024. And today I have a special guest coming on. She is a native Arizonan. She's a local business owner, a precinct committeeman in Legislative District 5. That's here in the East Valley, Pinell County, Arizona. And I'd like to welcome our special guest, Rhonda Matashoni. Rhonda, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you, Neil. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great. Um, we've talked a few times. We're all in the same legislative district, so we all know each other. And that's what this whole thing is about, is uh, getting to know each other locally and helping each other out because uh, there's been this kind of void um, Way back uh, before I became a precinct committeeman, there was a guy that recruited me from downtown when we were at the protests, and he came up to me and said that basically the Republicans are treating this business like a candy store with no cashier. They're just doing whatever they want, however they want, and nobody's there overseeing. And so here we are, and you are now running for the Pinell County Board of Supervisors, and... Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about this position you're running for, and um, be, but before we do that, let's just, if you can just introduce yourself. Let's My name is Rhonda Matashoni. I'm a candidate for Board of Supervisors, Pinal County, District 5. I am a native Arizona, and I was born and raised here, born in Mesa, raised in Chandler. Um, what we're doing here is trying to get our patriots back into a political office because we are not politicians we are patriots right and um the responsibilities of the pinnell county um, board of supervisor just in case those don't know it's a lot of it has to do with uh, creating annual budgets um establishing uh county property tax rates um keeping an approved budget for the year uh, that's required by state law, filling vacancies in legislative offices, um, passing resolutions, enacting ordinances, regulations, uh, deciding on specific issues like zoning changes. Uh, that affects people uh, like small business owners like you. And, uh, and it's all part of just overseeing the county's administrative legislative functions. Now, that sounds like a bunch of boring stuff. Well, I want to thank you so much for going through the boring part of what happens <laughs> in this position. And I'd like to, you know, move forward and talk about things that, you know, we can get done. Right. Well, a lot of the, there's a great number of candidates that are running for this position. Right. And so, yeah, I'd love to hear uh, what, what your reasons are for this. My reasons for this is, again, I'm a patriot, not a politician. And I'm tired of hearing how there is representation without advocacy. Right. That we tend to always have somebody that is put into office that doesn't address the needs of the people and the persons and the citizens. Right. Right. That, and um, a lot of these people that are in office right now, um, I didn't look up the salary for this job. But from what I understand, it's not like the highest paying salary in the world. But there seems to be... It's not about the money, Neil. Right. There seems to be, though. There's these people that are in the positions and... Um, well, that's the, the difference between a patriot and a politician. Right. So why would a person want to be in this position if it's not 
paying a whole lot and you have these people that are in these positions that keep jumping around from position to position. They all seem to be making it their lifetime goal to be in these smaller. You're not. You 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 are not that. You are a business owner. You are here. You you wake up in the morning. You see the Superstition Mountain. I I'm sure there's a jillion things you could be doing. You are you are very successful. You and your husband. And so there's got to be a reason why you're you're not chasing these little. No, because I'm willing to give the next four years of my life to save Arizona, to save the values of Arizona, right? to stop the overflow of illegal immigration, to stop the fentanyl, to stop the inconsistency in our own politics mm-hmm. that go against the people who live here and what they want. Right. Do you think like people that are just doing their daily routine. They live out here with us. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. Do you think they're aware of some of the decisions that are made that actually work against them? No, I don't think people pay enough attention. I think they really need to get involved. And I would like to build teams to build that type of relationship with our people again and get them involved and let them understand and have the transparency that we so duly deserve. Right. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, we don't have civics in school anymore, so a lot of people don't even understand what the local positions are in school. And But that's just it. We need to go from the ground up. Right. We need to be involved. We need to have patriots and conservatives get back into these positions and no longer just sit back and say, well, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, so you, you mentioned, uh, like, some of the uh, immigration problems that we're running into. How, how does the, uh, the Board of Supervisors help out with that? There's got to be some way that they can, I don't know, create laws or something. There's got to be some way of of combating unauthorized um, immigrants into areas. But we can all um, bring bring forward um, different types of ideas and thought processes Mm -hmm. that can address this. Right. And we can and we can tell our leaders right now that what they're doing is desecrating, desecrating our area, desecrating the United States of America, for one. Right. But open borders is not a solution. Right. I mean, when you look around and you look at uh, the way that the counties are being managed, it it looks to me like they're not being managed near as well as they were when I moved here, um, you know, back in 99. The counties seem to be more... You know, there, there, there seem to be more like personal freedom. There's a lot of like ordinances going in in the cities where they're starting to put like cameras. and I don't know. They're, they're, they seem to be just making a lot of decisions that are not ba- based on what people want. I think if I walked right down my neighborhood right now, for example, and said, hey, did you know that you're being filmed when you drive into Apache Junction and they're taking your license plate number? And Well, those are people that listen to CNN and NBC <laughs> and right. that they're listening to the rhetoric that tells you, oh, this is all okay, when it's not because you're losing your personal freedoms every single day that they right. go against the, our constitution, our constitutional rights. Right. And that we all kind of get into this complacency mm-hmm. of, well, I guess it's okay because they say it's okay. Well, it's not. And so we need a lot more people like myself, like you, mm-hmm. to stand up and say, no, this is not okay. Yeah, when, when you finally, and you know what? In my opinion, you're going to win. 
thank um, you. you so, so what, what, what do you plan on doing when you when you actually get in and you start? Oh you know, my goodness! Where once do once I they straighten start? the start, <laughs> once you wipe off the table and start. <laughs> once I well, you know, get well, you know, we just don't know because all five seats are up, so mm-hmm. we don't really know who we're going to be working with. Right. And it is getting into the position and then understanding, of course, getting because, you know, we're not privy to that information right now, nor are they willing to share right. it. This I've asked if there is a way to get in and just sit through their process. Oh, I see. Okay. And they tell me, no, you cannot do that because then everybody in the whole world would want to sit in and then we'd have this whole chaos and everybody would know everything and Maybe that's not a great idea. And I said, well, but, you know, how do you mentor somebody to take and come into your position? Right. So why is this not, you know, privy to the public? So the, you know, the, executive, I, I understand executive, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going into executive sessions, yes, those things should not be shared, but right. the rest of it should be. And yes, we should be privy to the process. So when I do get in, it is going to be like any other business that I've ever been in and excelled in. If you want to see my bio, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to share yeah. it with you. But it is about getting in and then getting privy to the information and then utilizing that and excelling with yeah. that. And so it is. And so with my background, it's about, it's just about that. So, yeah. So what is your background? Well, I... Am I putting you on the spot? I apologize. No, it's okay, because I have um, been the administrative executive for uh, a Barnes & Noble and a Best Buys. Um, I also ran three separate gyms where I put in all of their programs. Mm-hmm. I've trained. I brought in all of the... Uh, programs that were on, plus um, brought in all their equipment, uh, trained all their people. And it's all about team building because no business can run because everybody thinks that their portion of a business is most important. Of course. But how do you bring all of that together? Right. How do you make it cohesive? And so it is about team building. It is about... But also, my training goes very extensively into how to put the right person in the right position. Right. To utilize their special qualities, their special abilities. Right. And to put them in a position. So if, you know, you have, let's say, for example, you have someone who is, let's say, a bean counter. Mm -hmm. So somebody who needs tons of information. This is what they thrive on. This is what they want to do. But no, now you're going to put them in an A personality position where they have to deal with somebody in short answers, in short, you know, be right out Johnny on the spot. They're not going to do well. And same thing with an A personality person who is, you know, striving. They want small bits of information. They're out there. They're doing. They're the goers Mm -hmm. and doers. And then putting them behind a wall on a little screen with ticky-ticky-tack on a a keyboard and ask them to be productive in that situation. It's not going to happen. So that's the type of training that I went through. And that's why I was heading all of these different stores and gyms. And because, and then, I mean, to the point where they sent me out that I became a master trainer, that I went yeah. out and they, these different companies would hire me to go train 
their people to be certified or to become a part of a company right. in different positions. So you've got you've got a lot of different you've got logistical skills, you've got people skills, um, you've run big departments. Uh, like like I keep saying, you know, you're a, a local business owner here. Um, and I've had my own business. Yeah. So you've you so you you have all these things, um, and I'm I'm wondering like so our precinct they our, our precinct and our D five uh, our, our legislative district, they've been pretty good at telling us to run for positions, right? They've been pretty well, good at, it, at it, asking us to. It was the Lincoln Luncheon mm-hmm. where we had Shane Krauser yes. speaking, and he was the one who truly inspired me. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd love to get him on. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't we all? That his, his speech at the Lincoln Luncheon where he said that we truly need to stop just being on the outside, right? And all of us need to step up to whatever position that you can from the very ground level up, mm-hmm. and utilize your skills and your trainings to help us, right? To bring order from chaos. Yeah, I I I agree, and I think that's good. And was there something that I mean, you're when you were thinking of running. What made you say Board of Supervisors? I mean, there's other ones, right? There's all kinds of positions. Mm, City, Apache Junction City Board. <laughs> well, yeah, what, what made, did, did, did you wake up one day and go, you know, I don't like this specific no. thing? <laughs> like something made you say no, Board of Supervisors. Well, because, you know, I was involved with the PCs and, yeah. and, and that you are involved with everything that's going on. But the, 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 the fact that a year after I bought here, that mm-hmm. I bought here, that it took me five years to find the perfect place Right. To do an Airbnb and Verbo. Mm-hmm. And because I bought where I bought was because of the beautiful amenities that we have in this area. Mm-hmm. One being the Apache Trail Loop. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. Historic. Historic and world-renowned. And so that was part of the amenities that we could afford to bring people here, to bring messaging, to bring people from all over the world here right. to Pinal County, to Apache Junction, to enjoy the immense, you know, we have the Canyon Lake, we have Apache Lake, we have Roosevelt Lake, we have the Salt River, we have wild horses, we have... 297 square miles of the superstitions to go and explore. Do you know that the superstitions are the second most photographed and visited place in Arizona, only second to the Grand Canyon? Wow. You would think that it would be maybe Sedona or something else. No. It's right here in our backyard. And that's what our messaging goes to, to the people who come here. And we have, in the five years, have hosted almost every country in the world. And one of the bucket lists is to drive the historic Apache Loop. Yeah, so... But to have them come here only after one year to find out it's been shut down. Right. So we'll go back in time a little bit. I started dating my wife, Cindy, in 1999. And 
when we got serious and we got married and everything, we started doing little trips and we did the Apache Loop. Mm-hmm. We got a nice truck and, and, you know, did the whole, I mean, it was beautiful. And I mean, I mean, it was a different world. We were taking pictures with a 110 camera back then. And we ended up in Globe after that. And yes. then we did a little, and it was an awesome trip. And then I'm driving, I don't know how many years it's been. I don't, I, I don't know when they put the sign up, but we mentioned it today. Our good friend, Kim Grady, she had, I didn't realize that she was actually part of this or spearheaded this project. Yes. But, um, there's the sign on the 88 and it says, build the damn road or something like that. Yes. And I pointed that to Cindy and I did not know at the time. It had been a little time since we'd actually drove through that. We used to do that drive periodically, but I said, wait a minute, what do they mean they needed to build the road? What's going on? So what, what exactly happened to Highway 88 while I was asleep? Okay. Um, we have to get a little bit further back because it's my understanding that they stopped maintenance oh. on the historic uh-huh. Apache okay. Trail way before the Woodbury fire happened okay which left the burn scar Mm -hmm. which now they shut it down but they previously had stopped doing maintenance on the road Uh aha a dot doesn't az uh a A, dot doesn't mention that uh well (laughs) on their site but if but if you look into it and you go back a little bit further you'll find out that they were no longer doing maintenance on the road Uh uh-huh now the Woodbury fire happened and it left a burn scar. Did they fix it then? No, they left it and they closed it. And then after that, we have three kinds of monsoons here in Arizona. Right. You all know. Mm-hmm. It's a non-soon, <laughs> right. a monsoon, or a megasoon. <laughs> and there's no predicting when that's going to happen. Right. And it was just a trifecta. Yeah of events that happened that caused the landslide, the the immense amount of rain that was put out, but they were not maintaining, they didn't do any maintenance on the yeah. road. From that point, from before that point to right. the Woodbury fire to now a monsoon or mega soon that let out, you know, you hear it in California all the time mm-hmm. that they have these major landslides right. because there's no vegetation to uphold. Sure. But they didn't do anything before the mega soon. Yeah, and that kind of goes back a little bit when I was saying, you know, when I moved here in 99, I just felt like the counties were doing better maintenance um, yeah. on roads, uh, infrastructure in general. You know, the further out you go, the more it seems they've just kind of let things go by the wayside. And I think 88, it sounds to me like, well, they didn't, they were cutting maintenance. It, it was, it was not, it, it wasn't important because now they were talking about the 24 and going yeah. out to the road to nowhere. And right. that's where all the money, well, that's where the TPT tax comes in. And that we're going to talk about that too. Yeah. But now we're talking about, you know, that this was not important. And so had it had it been addressed at the time had there had the maintenance been done had right. the, you know then maybe that all of this situation wouldn't have happened but to let it sit for 4 years up to 5 yeah. years from where it first began where all of this situation happened and then not have a plan and then you know people 
you know, luckily the people in this area rose up and said, hey, and, you know, somehow we had supposedly people who were representing us, right? us, mm-hmm. the people of Pinal County, the people of Apache. That's kind of going towards this, this board of supervisors, right? Right. And uh, that they were, you know, fighting to get this done. And, um, but going to ADOT meetings and mm-hmm. uh, uh, plans that were being put forward. And even, you know, like the ADOT meeting where the plans were put out there. Um, even when people, they put out a piece of paper and they had everybody vote on which plan they wanted. So right. you had a four million plan, four different plans, up mm-hmm. to $33 million. Okay. And nobody wanted the $33 million plan because that's like six to eight years down the road. And it, it calls for uh, paving of the road, um, you know, making it more of a touristy right. thoroughfare where people here in this area just truly wanted it back the way it was. Right. Just to restore it. Yeah. And so that was a $4 million plan. Okay. So from $4 million to $33 million. So we were all sitting in that meeting, all of us, all the people in this area right. sat, and they gave you a little piece of paper where you could vote on it. And still at the end of that meeting, they said, oh, well, the $33 million plan seems to be, but that's not what people voted for. Wow. So again, they, they just really kind of, I don't know, why did and, they even have the meeting? Well, that's just it. And it, and it went to the wayside again, like, oh, we'll never get this, you know. And, and gee whiz, how did the 88 get left out of the five-year budget for ADOT? Right. I, I don't I, know. <laughs> why wasn't it included? You know, it, it's weird because, like I said, I had no idea that that, play, that, that it was even falling apart until uh, you and your husband, Jack, brought it to my attention. I, I just was completely... I, I would, I remember I hadn't been on that road in a long time. But that's why we brought, that's why yeah. we bought an Airbnb in Verbo so that we could so you bring could, people here to spend their tourism money right. here. Sure. To bring revenue here. Yeah. And to have it closed down within a year. That this is, this is not just a local issue. These people come from all over the world and stay with us. Right. And their bucket list is to do the historic Apache Trail Loop, only to be told when they get here, I'm sorry, it's closed. It's closed indefinitely. We have no information when it will ever be opened again. Yeah, and that's just kind of like the general idea I've been getting from, from, uh, from just basic government lately. It's just been kind of like, well, well, yeah, whatever, you know. Suck it up and drive on, as they say in the military. <laughs> and I, I love how, you know, it's it's constantly brought up that, you know, the, you know, of course, our ranchers out here and, uh-huh. you know, people who live out here are, are willing and more than happy to, you know, volunteer and go up there with pickaxes yeah. and their, and their, you know, their RVs or whatever and tear that up and, and make it open again. But no, can't do that well, because it is, it is seriously... A part of this tradition out no, here. It, it, is it is our legacy. You're right. A friend of mine um, quite a few years ago emailed me 
and said, hey, you know, my wife and I are going to be visiting Arizona. And I told him about Highway 88. I told him, you got to take the Highway 88. You can wrap around and you'll end up in this little town called Globe after you see all these beauty. You'll go past the the bridge. I forget. The, is it the road? Which bridge is it that's up there? That big blue bridge? Is it Rose? Is it, it's by Roosevelt Dam and all that. What is? I forget the name of the. There's a huge. Oh, that's right off of. Uh, that's on the on the Roosevelt side of the lake. Yeah, uh, I forget you, the name you, of the bridge. Yes, but I I told him about the whole thing and I I said you got to do that. You've got to. But you also realize that we had in the first year um, when there's an accident there on the 60 mm-hmm. towards the globe in superior areas. Right. That there's no place to go. There's 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 no other turnoff. Other oh, okay, right. Than that we had somebody that had to come in the middle of the night because there was an accident and they had to drive the Apache Trail oh, to that w- get to us. But that was there other than sitting on the highway right. for hours. So now, where do they go? Well, see, that that's another thing. That even emergency crews have to go on a major roundabout to get up there to provide any type of emergency assistance. Right. And that or take a helicopter. And the and the road, I know it's a historical road and we should keep that historical road, but I think that that road also represents um well, I mean, Heritage. I don't know, Ty- tyranny is always around the corner. And so I'm always thinking tyranny, tyranny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the most recent years in the United States of America kind of makes me think of that more than anything. But I mean, I look at like the historical 88 as a a means of escape. If if something, so if they're locking down all these old historic trails and then they're sticking you on these cement paths all over, you can't go off of those you, there's no way to get away from anything. There's no means of escape. Well, it it reminds me, because um, Jack and I were living in Florida for quite mm-hmm. some time. I mean, I was born and raised here, but yes, I did go and uh, venture off into other spaces and places in the United States. Sounds like life. But yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's where life takes you, but life brought me back here, thank yeah. God. And w- what I'm saying is, you know, in Florida, you only have two routes out come um, emergencies or hurricanes, right? And this was a constant, a constant threat, right? But once everybody gets out on that one road, forget about it. Forget about it. You're not going anywhere. Right. You're camping out on the road. There's no gas station. So you know when we close these small little back roads, this is the consequence that we're looking at, right? And then if you don't want to talk tyranny, you could talk about just disaster you know yes. if, if there's a disaster that's what i'm saying and you need to get on that alternate route it's and, there and disasters happen all the time on the 60 right and i mean i i truly like to see a better flow of traffic on the 60 once you get past mount view road and going into gold gold canyon mm-hmm. that they're constantly inundated i mean this right. is a, a small community that you know they love their community but they're constantly you know during any type of holiday or renaissance the renaissance festival, festival yeah. that's huge you know why couldn't they just you know widen that you know give a better you know they're talking about a bypass <laughs> we have an alert going off on the oh, side there <laughs> jack turn off your phone <laughs> that's okay so here we are you know uh you know these small communities like this and they're talking about a bypass i mean yeah they're talking about building some Okay. Right. Some crazy bypass where, you know, now 
you're taking away from their longevity, their ability to have commerce and have, you know, the ability for people to stop off and, and enjoy a restaurant or enjoy right. a little coffee shop. Sure. You know, and or, or even, you know, shop for some clothing. So, so you think over there by, um, by Gold Canyon, you think there's a much simpler solution than, than building out an entire... Yes, I think that we, they could widen the roads and it would definitely, you know, let's say, okay, just for instance, the Renaissance Festival. If you had an extra lane, you could actually block off sure. that lane and have it just specifically because right now their biggest complaint because we, I set up with your help, thank you so much. <laughs> we sit out on the corners, oh, right? Okay. And and we listen yeah. to the issues that the people have in the areas in Pinal County. Right. And so one of them was the Don Donnelly, the Superstition Mountain Road. Right. And Don Donnelly. And how they're racing through there and they're trying to bypass all of the traffic on the 60 so they're taking their oh their, they're taking that other they're route. taking that alternate route through the hoas through people you know yeah just, you know this is private public public but private these are you know the little communities residentials yeah they're they're driving through at 60 miles an hour when it's 35 miles an hour right okay and, and so why couldn't we just widen that road one lane on either side and have that and, and stop that traffic from going into the residential areas? And that's because they want to build this gigantic multi-million dollar bypass. And you don't understand that the, the that is a beautiful space to Wait a minute. drive through. Wait, we're, we're Republicans, right? Well, I is, thought is so. It, isn't the stereotype I, that we want to destroy everything? Why are we why are we talking about preserving the environment? <laughs> I you know and, and that they want to put lithium battery out all over our desert and you know what happens when a lithium battery explodes and you want a whole facility. Right. Right there out in our beautiful desert. Right. And what happens to the cities around it? Are we going to be another Palestine? Remember Palestine here? Mm -hmm. When the train went oh, off yeah. rail? So what happens when those batteries blow up out well, there in the desert, in we, our beautiful desert? Yeah, we've heard many of these different uh, people from the different... That's not um, a conspiracy theory, right? No, that's not a conspiracy theory. Um, Truth. <laughs> in fact, uh, we, had, uh, we, we get the briefings at the PC meetings where... Uh, where some of these, um, they'll, they'll brief us on it. Some of the people from the uh, the city supervisors will come out and talk to us, and they're very happy. They're very excited about this battery plant going in. All they see is dollar signs. In fact, I can see the look on their face when they're, we're going to get all these people. We're going to, and I'm going. And bring all this, all these jobs here. Yeah, I just. I th I think there could be a better alternative. I think so to too. Businesses that could come into this area. Other than just toxic, absolute destruction. Right. My friend's from Gilbert. He's thinking about running for um, city council. Mm. And he was telling me that please don't let Apache Junction or the Apache Junction area try to become Gilbert. He said because 
it's a it's a nightmare over there. And well, growing up out here, I remember when Chandler was all farming community. Mm-hmm. Gilbert was all farming community. Queen Creek was like really rural. Yeah. I mean, we felt sorry for the people. I mean, here in, you know, in Chandler, Arizona, people in Mesa would go, where do you live? Right. Five miles outside of your, your city limits. What are you talking about? Where? <laughs> and then, you know, us in, you know, Chandler, Arizona, looking at the people in Queen Creek and going, where? Right. That it was just that small and that just so rural. And, and now that it, it is so uh, homogenized, I right. guess. You know, just... Just it, there has to be a more sustainable and um, I say um, better way to approach businesses and growth in our area that serves the people. Well, do you think um, being a member of the Board of Supervisors can help uh, preserve some of this land that we're seeing getting seized and uh, I, I well, worry about our I, I, no, here in our little area. I, I know. I, worry about that, I know man. for a fact that we can look at really d- dive deep and dwell into who is buying out here. Who's oh, buying question, this yeah. land? Is it is it American based or foreign. is is it foreign based? Yeah. And so what you know? So these. These battery plants, supposedly, right. are, you know, I mean, it's not our county, I know. But, I mean, you know, one of the latest things is has been, you know, that they're going to open the copper mine out there. Yeah, Flat Oak. So, oak Resolution flat. Copper. But, yeah. go ahead. Oak Flat. Oak flat. This is Jack Matashoni talking. My husband. Love my husband. <laughs> but now, what, what was it, what was it, Jack? Yeah, the uh, the Apache has a sacred uh, grounds out there where they pray and meditate and and they do a lot of rituals, and it seems to be Resolution Copper and Copper. Oh. I did some research on who owns them. It was Tito Rio, which is an Australian company, mm. but the company itself is uh, owned and controlled by China. Oh, okay, all right, I see. And they got kicked so- out of Arkansas, Huckabee out there, Sandra Huckabee, oh, Sanders. Okay. And other in San Diego and South Dakota, Christy Nome kicked them out of there. The thing is, we should be looking at China because China's buying a lot of property over here. Right. And we don't. That's crazy. You you keep hearing that, like on like you mentioned Steve Bannon. You keep they keep reporting like China's out buying everything. Yes. And it's right here in our backyard. It's right, and we're not paying attention. You think okay, Black Rock Coffee. Okay, what's with Black Rock? That's Coffee? That's the CCP. Oh, They're is it owned really? By the CCP. So it's really funny because the the word on the street is that they're from up like northeast somewhere. They're really <laughs> that's all. No, it, 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 well, it's like okay. Let well, if you really want to get into it, like Hunter, <laughs> Hunter Biden and, and and you know uh, you know President Biden and uh, all their LLCs and you know all the yeah. fake companies that are owned by Burisma that are owned by. You know, come on. I mean, yeah. we, don't, we don't want to go that route. I know. We, I know. We I won't mean, go too, too deep on that. I, I, we're going to be here all night if you want to <laughs> go that route. But so, yes, yes, paying attention. So, yes, in the board of supervisor position, we can be looking a little bit deeper into businesses that want to come into our area. Are they 
sustainable? Are they right. actually um, going to be looking at the fact that we want to preserve? We don't want, um, you know, do you want a bunch of farms of windmills out here in our desert? No, no, absolutely do, not. Do you, do They're you, already doing tonopah. Do you want solar plants? Do you want right. solar plants all across our deserts? No. Do you want, so do you want battery where they're going to actually be trucking all of these very toxic and um, these chemicals to build these batteries that are coming from child labor. From China. Cobalt. Yeah. But not just China. You know, we're talking about Africa. Oh, yeah, Africa, too, with cobalt, right. They have children out there digging in the dirt with their hands to get cobalt. And we're buying it. We're we're the people. It it boggles my mind that we're willing to um, further money into this area when it comes from labor from children's rights. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. There is like a nasty disconnect that I just can't understand. Well, and and look at the child trafficking. Right. That they say that America is the biggest producer and people who are buying it. Right. How is that? How is that? How is this happening here in America? I don't I don't even know. It like and like we said, this is basically under our nose. Right. Because we're turning a blind eye. How about opening can, your eyes? Can, for once? can 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 the board of supervisors assist with that? Is there anything they can do? There's so much that you know, I'm not in the position. Yeah, I know. I so, keep asking you. you no, know, I know. It's like, okay, so uh, it's like putting the cart before the horse. Right. Right. So you're, you're asking me to pull that cart when the cart's not in my, yeah. in, in my previ. It's not in my possession. It's not in my visual. Sure, sure. So as soon as that happens, guaranteed, I'm going to find you'll, ways. Right. You'll have a visual. You'll be able to see yes. the trail a little. And I'll be able to build a relationship with the people on the board to look more into the civic side right? rather than a personal or personal gain or, you know, having my, my bust put on the side of the <laughs> mountain. <laughs> I had no idea about that. That's pretty bad. Well, well I'm sorry. I digress again. <laughs> We're talking about something that, you know... Can, hearsay, can, hearsay. Do you, do you have hearsay. the business card of the guy that's making the buses? I always wanted a bus of my own. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah. Here are the after. Wow. No, if anything, I mean, Jack and I were talking about it. And it's like, if anything should be put up there, it should be a, a statue of the Apaches. Sure. Who built that road. Right. With pick and axe. So, so was that road originally? I know they called Apache Trail, but that road was originally built by a by the yes. Apache, uh, the Apache tribe. Yes. Oh, some of it was. Well, some of it. it. I mean, it wasn't all, but yes. I mean, you'd really have to. I mean, of course. Again, I'd like to stay general because yeah. I don't know all of the specifics, and I don't want to, you know, miss miss say yeah. or or misrepresent. No. And and I you know what just to kind of iterate I I love this area I love there, I was I love the history yeah I do too and there is like um you know I have the DVD set for the old show with uh, Leonard Nimoy 
um, you know, Spock yeah. called In Search Of. Yes. And they did one on the Superstition Mountains. And it's really cool. And yeah, well, just to, to it hasn't changed. Like, well, there's more houses and stuff over there, but it's it's still pretty preserved right now. And I don't want to lose that. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, not too long ago, they were talking about doing a zip line. Oh, I heard that. On the superstition. It's like, no. Yeah, can we please no, not turn this into no, this like is, no. Vegas or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is not what this <laughs> this space was meant for. <laughs> It's, keep it pristine. Right. So let's talk a little bit too about this. Um, well, 90 million reasons why one would want to run for BOS oh, <laughs> of, of well, Pinell County. Long, long time ago. <laughs> oh, do you remember that song? But in 2017, um, a TPT tax was put on the ballot. Okay. So what does TPT stand for? TPT is your um, trans transaction privilege tax. Privilege tax. Transaction oh, so it's one of those names. Tax. It's a sales tax. It's a sales tax. Transaction, transaction privilege, privilege tax. tax. We pay a TPT because we own a business. Okay, transaction. So privilege here tax. in in Arizona, yeah, we take if you own a business, you pay a TPT tax, and so it, it was put forth that there should be this TPT tax that would um, go for transportation. Okay. They I'm already not liking it, but yeah, okay, I'm listening. Okay. So <laughs> they put it on, okay, so they put it in front of the Board of Supervisors, and there was a gentleman, um, no, 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 Todd oh, no. House was, Spen no. Spencer oh, Camp. Spencer Camps. Okay. And he, st he stood up in this meeting and he said, you know, do you have, you know, I, I don't think that this is legal. Oh, he's the opposing business owner. Yes. That, okay. Oh, not a business owner. No, he was, he's, what he's, was his? The, he's the administrator or the vice no, president of vice home builders oh. of central Arizona. Okay. So he stood up at that time and he told him, he, he says, I, you know, are you, are, do you have this in writing? from your attorneys that say right. that this is legal to do. And they kind of hem-hawed about it. And then he, you know, he reiterated again and he said, I really think it's important that you have legal opinion in writing right. before you administer this. And again, they him hawed around about it, and in the end, he goes, "I strongly advise <laughs> you." So he was being very politically correct, sure, without pointing out the fact that this was illegal and unlawful, right? Tax, and the fact of it was that any purchases below ten thousand dollars would be taxed, okay, to the person, the purchaser, okay. And the business will pay the TP tax on that, right? right? But anything over ten thousand dollars was not taxed. <laughs> okay. So inequitable, right? Yeah. So not fair, right? And inequitable. Absolutely. So that's why he brought it up. He says, "I don't, I don't disprove your plan. I get your plan, but how you're doing this is illegal." And you no, know, just to the wayside 
Did they do it? No. And so now the Goldwater Institute went in mm-hmm. because it was illegal. Right. And now there are Arizona Supreme Court ruled it unlawful and illegal. And unconstitutional. And unconstitutional. And so now Thank we God have, for Goldwater. Yay, thank you. But guess what? It cost our taxpayers another couple of hundred thousand dollars a couple or more mm-hmm. for the to fight it in court. Yeah. For it to be shut down. And now that ninety million dollars is sitting in limbo. And now we have our representatives. Can I say names? Oh, it's up to you. You're welcome to say well, any names you want. Well, Jeff Surdy stood in one of our meetings, one of our PC meetings, and claimed that that $90 million was going to be given back to homeowners and I a tax was rebate. You were there, right. $400 well, I mean, something dollars that we were all going to get back? It's, it's been said a few times. But, okay. <laughs> I, I was at one of the events. Uh, well, okay. So I said, all right. So I called the Goldwater Institute. Okay. And I said, okay, this $90 million, um, is it going to go back to the people? No, it can't. It has to go back to the businesses who paid the TPT tax legally. But I'm a, I'm a resident. I want it. You can't, but that would be a nightmare. Don't you understand? Because we are so trans. Right. You know, I'm being, I'm being facetious, but yes, but people, but that was the explanation. What do you mean? I've been told that it's going to come back to the people. Yes. That we're going to get a break. We're going to get some money back from, you know, paying our taxes. No, that's wrong. Right. That's inaccurate because it would be a nightmare for them to chase down every single person who went to a business and bought something and so wh- paid why, a tax. Why would, you, why would you go in front of a bunch of people and just say that? Because they're <laughs> trying to save face. I have to imagine that this is a huge embarrassment. Huge. Well, they were warned uh, by numerous people. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I can't believe that they actually got away with it. To, to even for as long as they thing. did, and I am not surprised that Goldwater Institute went after it because they're known for, like I forget what case it was, so but quite a few years ago you? they went after the Cardinal or was a car was the Cardinals or one of the stadiums they went after one of the stadiums yes. for a similar deal. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, I remember that. But why in the world, being on the board of supervisors, wouldn't you go to your attorney general? Right. When somebody stands up in front of you and says. Are you sure this is legal? Are you sure? Yeah. Why wouldn't you go to your attorney general and say, hey, even if you, you know, you don't trust your own attorneys that sit right there on the board, because I don't trust them. Right. I'm sorry. They've given a lot of bad advice that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it too. Oh, yeah. And that this was huge. And nobody's responsible. So let's tie the two people you're running against, Todd House and Jeff Surdy, into this play. Oh, yeah. You know, Todd made the motion to, to go ahead and put this on the ballot. Jeff was on the Pinell County Transportation Regional Transportation uh, Board member, and he was the one, they wrote the legislation that was unlawfully and unconstitutional. And he didn't mention one thing about it, about opposing it when it was put on the ballot. In fact, he pushed it again in 2022. Here's the way I look at it. 
it's it's your motion, not mine. Like you you wanted this. I I I don't know. It, this you know what this makes me think though because I'm new to this whole, you know, I am I guess I'm a local politician. I'm a precinct committee man. So it makes me something. But it does make me think to be really careful about what in the world you're proposing, especially when you're collecting from individuals or businesses. But that's just it. Why wasn't there that extra precaution put into yeah. the effort? How I mean, because okay, so one of the things you say is um, that that these people that are in office have all this education, right. or they have the experience where I do not, right? But here I'm seeing the people in position who are supposedly have this education or experience making the simplest mistakes that a sixth grader could see. So, yeah. And so kind of just to piggyback off what you're saying, I keep getting told by people, and and this is a saying I've heard my whole life. I listened to talk radio as a kid because I got tired of hearing Prince over and over again. They kept playing the same Prince yeah. song on the radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm Purple with rain, you, little red but, So I switched to the AM and I would, I, I have been hearing people say over and over again that, um, I'm losing my train of thought because I got started talking about birds. Um, that you keep hearing people say over and over again. That, that we, thank you, that we need a politician with experience. And that's why, you know, I, I had, um, you know. So when, supposedly we have politicians in there right now with experience and right. we're dealing with this. And that's what I was, and I remember you were kind of wondering about my question. And the two people who want to be on the board. Yeah are the ones who are responsible for this. Right. And and you were wondering have, about and, my And have question. they learned anything? Right. So my, my original question that we were talking about was, you know, there's a lot of individuals running for this position. So just to let you know, I mean, there, there's people out there. I mean, that you can look at all these people that are running. Obviously, you're running. Um, and, uh, you, and you have a very good reason, I think, to run. Um, there's a lot of individuals that are running for these positions. Um, and, and some are people that have a lot of prior political experience and it's not the highest paying job in the, in the, in, in the Valley. So why on earth would somebody want that position? Are these people with all the experience, are they Mr. Smith goes to Washington or is there something else that because motivates them? They are politicians. They are furthering their political prominence. They don't care about the people. Right. Where, where, show me, show me something in the last eight years where actually they did something for the people of Pinal County. Give well, me, give me, give me anything, anything. Throw it out there. I'm I, ready. I will tell you as a Republican, as a, as a PC, and I guess I have to say I'm, I'm not, I'm not endorsing anybody because I'm a PC. Oh no! Don't kiss on the first I'm, date. I'm Mister. I am. What do you call me? I am Mister. Uh, Non-bi. I have no bias. Even though when I first made this podcast, I said, "Look, I'm gonna let you know I'm biased." <laughs> but um, my my thing is, I was hearing some of these same experienced politicians say things like, "I'm a conservative," and we put the COVID money in all the right places. And I'm hearing that, and I'm going. I don't, I don't agree with you taking COVID money. Like that ticks me off. And where did the COVID money go? Well, 
Show me the money. Apparently, show me the money. <laughs> apparently, it paved some roads. I, I didn't I didn't research that yet though. But I was I was told with many other people. I don't have any connections. I don't have the. I'm not with the cigar guys in the room or anything. Um, I only know at the same meetings that a lot of us go to, and you both go to more meetings than I go to. Um, but I was told uh, at one of these meetings that they paved some roads with COVID money. I don't know how true that is. Do you know if that's true or? I have not researched that, but I mean, yeah. again, it's there's so much out there that every it's like okay, what we've been doing or what, what I've been doing and what you've been very helpful with is going out on the corners. I think right. that's the 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 best way to connect with people. Right. What what truly is going on? What's in their heads? What they think is important? And I think. Our board of supervisors and a lot of our representation out there is so far f- removed right. that they're just listening to what comes over the phone or what their constituents are saying, but not yeah. really. I mean, what, I can relate the, to that. What the people say, and so just sitting out there on the corners, I, I, I think I have a better perspective. Yeah. On what's going on. You've been on the receiving end. I, I. Living it, living mm-hmm. it day to day and, and trying to... I think that gives you experience, by the way, being on the receiving end. Yes, and, <laughs> and you know, just experiencing that and, and understanding that it isn't the, the stupid stuff that they talk about on the news. Right. That, you know, yes, we all know that we're paying more at the pump. And yes, we know we're all paying for the groceries. But the impact, mm-hmm. the impact... It all they don't talk about the impact, right? And we see firsthand when we're sitting here on the corners the impact of all yeah. of these decisions that are made that are not benefiting the citizens. That's true. When when we're out on the corners, and so when you go on, you know, and you watch these ridiculous shows on cable, which I avoid at all costs, they talk about this stuff that's so high level, so up in the air, wait, wait, so far away from us. But when we talk to people out on those corners, so we're we're like, talking grassroots. Yeah, they're like, Here. Hey, there's there's like a sign over there I don't like. Like they say funny things, but it's it's actual valid concerns. One of the coolest things that Rhonda's done, showing the republicanism in her and also mm-hmm. conservatism, is an idea she put together on how to solve or maybe improve the homeless situation. Yeah, and thank I you. I thought Rhonda might want to mention the idea she got out of how to do it without even having to increase our taxes. Yeah, so can I give a quick little background to that? Sure. Okay, so this is my own perception. Um, during COVID, okay, I say COVID in quotes. I, I hate that. Never mind. Um, but I, my wife and I wanted to go out and do things during COVID. Mm-hmm. And Barnes & Noble, unfortunately, didn't let us in the door. <laughs> in fact, they threw us out. But we would started going to the park right here at Flatiron. And I found out I could not go hang out at Flatiron and catch up on my reading because there were so many homeless people there. I couldn't afford <laughs> to sit at the, t- the table because they're taking all your dang, all your money from you. So obviously we've had an increase of homeless. And you know what? My heart goes out to homeless people. I'm saying that kind of like jest. But these there's a, there's a mass there's a big growing number of homeless people here. I wish you wouldn't use the word or the term homeless. Okay. Because that is a victimization type of term. Yeah, you did where, mention that to me before. And where a, a lot of... I'm, I'm very conditioned. I got to break I, out of that. Well, and and it, 
But these are um, indigent or mentally um, ill yeah. or um, people who are unemployed. Right. Yeah, what, and, what, should and, we, what should we call homeless people? We should... Uh, I mean, not. Call, I'm saying, what, like, what, what should their title be? How should we? I, I don't to think them? we should give it a title because okay. it's it's so varied. Yeah. Because okay, you have people who are out there who absolutely love the freedom of living free right. and don't really care about having a job ever. Right. Would rather have the government give them money so that they can go and buy their drugs and live that way, live that lifestyle. Right. And and yes, steal and rob and and throw trash everywhere. I mean, the people that I've seen out there that are living this lifestyle are not living on our BLM lands, are living on federal lands and okay, setting up setting up their tents and setting and and being clean and nice and you know like the rest of us who like to go out there and camp, right. who will clean up after themselves and do not leave a mess or trash or try to uh, tear up or steal, or rob, or yeah. or beat up somebody, or you know that that's a different lifestyle. Sure. That's not homelessness, right? Right. And the others are indigent, or they've fallen on hard times. Right. So there's a different, or or there are people who have mental disabilities. Sure. That cannot function in society and end up this way. So you can't just say, you can't right. put them all under one umbrella. Right. Okay. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing. We're taking some guy that's been down and out, and we're lumping him in with a person with a heroin problem or a, fent- a fentanyl problem or whatever. Right. Right. And so, n- but none of this is addressed at all. Right. It's just, oh, we have a problem. Right. Has there been a solution? There was, what, the zone down in Phoenix? Right. And the business owners who suffered terribly oh, sure. over this. And they finally cleared it out. But where did they go? Out here. That's what I'm they, thinking. They put, they, them in, they put them on buses and they bust them all over Arizona. Tucson, Apache Junction, you know, all the outlying areas. And a lot of it in our um, indigenous areas. Now, the... The government prides themselves on being the solution. In fact, people tell me all the time, Neil, you hate taxes. And if you never paid taxes, well, how are you going to solve the problem for the poor? But there <laughs> are solutions, but there has been no one out there bringing solutions other right. than here's a bottle of water and a hot meal beyond your way. Yeah. Here's some money in your pocket. But what we would like to is I... In my research, in Tucson, Arizona, they have a program that is seven years running and very successful. Okay. That they take people not off the side of the road, but out of shelters. Right. They take them from the shelters, and they offer them a job picking up trash. Okay. They have the trucks. They have the you know the, all the equipment. They give you the equipment. Now you're giving somebody purpose yeah and a job now you have supervisors that are there right but now they're out there they're they're learning a skill they're getting a job yes it's picking up trash but fine but you know now they now they're helping them also with 
assessing them, right? Um, getting them, they're helping them navigate the the labyrinth of right. paperwork that they need to go through because a lot of them don't have any capability of understanding sure. how to get assistance right. or in a position where they can get assistance. So now they're in a shelter. Now they're going out on a daily basis and they're earning money. Now you have resources in that facility right. that goes in. You have mental practitioners that are coming in and helping. Right. You have legal practitioners that come in and help them with, you know, maybe they have a little background. They, maybe they have a yeah. little shady past. Okay. But how can, you know, but so they hide out and they don't think that anybody's going to help them or get them on right. the right path. So why not and that have those, have that available to them as well. Sure. As well as people who come in and, and regularly um, speak or um, help to educate on how to, you know, manage your money. Right. How, you know, and if you have mental disabilities, sure. helping to make sure that you get your medication, that you are taking your medication. Right. And their success is that they're taking people like this and put now they're in homes. They're in their own homes. Yeah. They have their own space. Right. That now they have a job that they, you know, that, it, it brings them back into society instead of being outcast and, you know, here's a few right. bucks, you know, live out there. We don't care. Yeah. I, I kept hearing about this stuff that they were doing like up in San Francisco where they're trying to like, I don't know, like give the homeless people money. And well, here's uh, what's cool about it is it's not coming from tax dollars in Tucson. It's all private donations from corporations. That's great. Well, it comes from private donations from small businesses to corporations. Right. To the city itself, but not a single penny is coming from taxpayer dollars. It's kind of surprising out of Tucson, right? Yeah. It is surprising, but you know what? Innovative. So why no, not? Very, so, yeah. and, and so we talk about um, being cohesive mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, having the binds and the and the bonds right. between places why aren't we talking to people like that in yeah. Tucson and saying hey which is what i'm trying to do is talk to them and get their business model and bring it here and bring you know, one of the most interesting things about it is some of the corporations donating the money are trash collectors like republic services sure. and so you got these people picking up trash i don't know the last time you checked but trash people make some pretty good money Sure. Well, and and not only that, but like, there's not a job on this earth that I would ever, you know, turn my nose up at. You uh, know? Neither would I. If you're I've working. To... You're working. And exactly. I'm. 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 I shirk at the thought of taking a handout when I know yeah. that I'm capable of doing something. Right. And you know, and but a lot of it is just this desperation that they just don't ha- they don't they don't have the resources or the access right. to the resources to help them to navigate this world and get off the streets get out of the shelters but why aren't we providing that right i i mean i looked at it you know when i was when i was a teenager i was out of the house pretty quick and i always joke and you know with my friend um, that was on a podcast episode the other day and, and, uh, 
you know, we used to always say we were ten dollars short of being homeless. But I was I was paranoid of being homeless. I, I was I was so paranoid of it because I knew if I ended up homeless, there's no way I could get back into a home because once you're there, it's just going to start this pattern. But they make it impossible. You understand that they okay. keep you indigent. Yeah, how do they do that? Because they give you money. Oh, they give you money, and then the money but, doesn't. Okay, so the, let, the money talk, doesn't really pay for. Let's talk Jesus. Yeah. If you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Right. But if you teach him to fish, he'll eat for his lifetime. Sure. So it's the same thought that we're we're just giving you some money, and everything's okay. Yeah. But there's so much more that needs to be done. There is how to navigate so that you can get the resources to help you get out of it. They make it so hard. Yes. And I mean, I know because, you know, with a divorce that left me in financial ruin. Oh, yeah. And now I had to navigate through the process of getting out of that debt. Right. We Similar and, deal for us, too. And, <laughs> we, we, and I'm sure that there's a lot of Americans out there that have gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it and it was a nightmare. And, you know, luckily, I have my husband, Jack, and right. we both got out of our... Jack's a billionaire, so he took care of that real quick. Oh, if I had his money, I'd burn mine. No. Shit, <laughs> 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 No, but no, I, 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 yeah, I totally understand. And and homeless people, I mean, they, they're they're like in a worse predicament. Well, one of, one of uh, the things I always wanted to share is that one of the reasons Ron and I talk about because we're really into people and helping people. And, yes, you are. Yeah, you know, I got a, a master's degree in counseling plus thirty years experience and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I did work with the homeless people. And what I think what needs to really, because Rhonda hit it on the nail, there's, how, do they, how do they get out of that? Mm-hmm. How do you come up with $3,000 for a, a deposit on your apartment when you got bad credit? Right. You know? yeah. And part of, the, part of the things is this thing in Tucson teaches people how to fix their credit. It gives them a job. It gives them some standing so they can go get their own apartment you know, and, they, and basically give them that credibility that they lack. And it's all done without any taxpaying money. That's yeah, what's that's, great about it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And- well, I mean, if we if we were to have if you were to be on a board of supervisor, you could easily navigate uh, and coordinate, I should say, with uh, with with people from. I forget what, what is, are they Pima County? Is it Pima County that's Tucson? Are they Pima? I can't remember what. I don't know county. what county it is. I just know. I think south. it's Pima. <laughs> yeah, but we'll yeah, pretend it's I Pima mean, <laughs> for the sake of conversation. Well, that's just it. It's like okay, so you see all these board of supervisors, and they are on. A ton of different boards. Yes. Right? Yes. So you get involved with these boards and you, and so it is of special interest. What is the special interest of the people? Right. Is it this board or is it that board? Right. So you can't get on those boards until you're on the board of supervisors. Again, oh, I see. Putting okay. the cart before the horse. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. I'm doing a lot of this like, oh, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> and, and believe me, I'm like, well, it's just you know, good to. What can I do? What can I do? But until I'm in the position and I'm given access. Yeah. And given Previ to the information, and I can navigate all of that. I have right. no problems understanding and comprehending how to better assess yeah. the my my position on the board to help Pinal County. Right. And to 
actually reach across county lines and look at things that are successful that they're doing sure. and incorporate that right here in Pinal County. And, and I can tell you, I, I, you know, in this little area that we're in right now, um, and that's the good thing about precincts, they're very small, so you get to kind of know your people within your vicinity. And the concerns that you're raising are the same concerns that I hear from people around. Yeah. They really don't. That's why when you knock on their door and they say, I'm a Republican PC, they they automatically assume you're Rona McDaniel. They don't want to hear the Hannity, whatever it is. They, right, right. They, they are more concerned about little things that are going on around here. Mm-hmm. And they, and it, like looking at it from their point of view, it's, it's kind of like a hopeless situation because none of that stuff seems to get resolved. Well, because, you know, our representation again is not mm-hmm. advocating for the people. They have their own special interests that they prioritize over the needs right. of the people. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I think a person listening would probably think that you have a lot of the same concerns they have. And I don't know. My, well, my whole life has been in the service of people. Right. And you do that now with your current business? I do that right now. I am, well, five years. I'm five stars and a super host for Airbnb and Verbo. Um, and this this I, is no garage that's been sectioned off, you know, with a no, little pin pad. You, no, you no. go all out. No, that this was, well, this listen. was five years in, in the thought process before it was even realized as a dream that we really, I mean, any, anything that I've ever done, it's, um, the realization of a dream, but to really go deeply into that dream and make sure that it's, it's feasible that, right. that it's, you know, especially, you know, I, 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 I grew up here. I was born here. I mean, we could sit for hours right. and talk about the stories that I, I mean, just hilarious things that, you know, I grew up with, but that I always wanted to bring people here. I always wanted to have a space where if I'm not going to be teaching a fitness mm-hmm. class or yoga or things like that, what could I do other than that? Cause I am getting older and you know, I just can't teach three to four hours a day anymore <laughs> like I used to in my thirties and forties, twenties, thirties and forties. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting older. And I know, I just hate talking like that now. It's, it's like, I know. you start going, it's not funny anymore, okay? It's just not, you know, it hurts. But, but what can I do? What can I do? Could, you know, and just the love of this area and growing up in this area and wanting to bring tourism here. Yeah. Because we have so much to offer. And, and you know what? That's what I like about you, Rhonda. You, you are a person of your community. Um, you gave us a courtesy tour of your Airbnb and uh, I forget the other name you're using. Verbo. Verbo. Is that a, is that a service like Airbnb? Yes. yes. VRBO. Verbo. Oh, VRB. Okay. So when we went on that, it, it is truly awesome. It's, it's very personalized. It's beautiful. Um, it's more than like I was just saying a second ago, you know, we've checked into some Airbnbs in our time where like, you know, uh, out in Tucson, we like to go to the Tanque Verde, uh, festival and swap meet up there. Okay. And, and, 
you know, if you're leaving at night, you know, it's you're getting back and oh, it's two in the morning. Believe me, we get all the gym people. The gym, the great big gym show that they do yeah. out there. Oh, the gym. Yeah. They go to the gym show and then they come and stay with us before they have to go to oh, the airport. Cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So we, we, we would check in and it would be just some like, you know, garage, you know, with a little pin pad and, and they're nice. Don't get me wrong, but nobody was there to give me a guided tour. And what's the name you know. of it, Rhonda? The name of our Airbnb. Airbnb, what is it? Yeah, you have a name for it. Ohm on the Range. Ohm on the Range. That's not home. It's Ohm. <laughs> Do you know what Ohm means? Well, only from you. Ohm is the word of God. It was the first sound that was heard when the universe was created. Oh, that's right. The Big Bang. Now, there was heard Ohm. I've, I, and I've, I've heard, I've heard uh, parodies of that, and then I've, I've heard the real, you know, but that... It's it's a it's a nice feel that you have at yours. Um, it's a very and, well. Our our messaging is health and wellness. Yeah, and it's very much like that. When you step into there, it's very you can feel the peacefulness as you walk in, and it's got a it's got a very like kind of peaceful feeling that you get. Um, like when you go up into places like Sedona, little lonely little corners you can go to in Sedona. It's very much like that there, and we're talking about our wilderness and our environment and everything here. And I would love to just keep that feel because it's very easy to do out here. Well, you know, the superstition is a monolith of energy. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear. We got the best view of the shadow of the cougar every two times a year. See, we got the gold field behind us. Yeah. We got the gold fields behind us and it's like, we're just not quite as cool as the superstition people. (laughs) No, no, I, I, I disagree. I, I mean, I, I don't think that there is a bad place to no, live. No, no, you're right. Um, I, I do, I do a lot, like on it my is, property. It, it's just a different appreciation. Yeah, on our property here, you know, I'll walk, I'll mon- I'll wander off into the backside here, and Cindy will go, "What are you? Where are you at? What are you doing? Did you leave? <laughs> I'm still here. Just no, I'm just enjoying yeah. the ambiance of my my lifestyle right here. Yeah, that I know it is. It is truly. A blessing and a gift to we walk wanna... out of our front door every single day and see the Superstition Mountain out in front of us. And, and you know, I want I um. There's a few more things to cover. Yes. On here, let's let's go with this other uh, one that you're that you're very concerned about that everybody should be and most people are uh, is the elections. Election integrity. Um, you know what I I can't say enough about the fact that I just do not trust machines. I'm sorry. There, there's nothing out there. I don't care how many ways they say it or how many times they try to tell you it's secure, that nobody can hack it. I'm sorry. How many businesses get hacked mm-hmm. in their computer system? You oh, hear let about me tell it you. all the time. I've been in the industry for a long time. Right. You are an expert at this. It can, if it's a machine, it can get hacked. Absolutely. So, and, and we um, did paper ballots for how long? And everything was just fine. You know, one thing I have to say about hacking, it usually comes from within. Within. And so, yes. So and somebody comes, somebody, some very okay, seedy you, people. you can put every, every, um, you know, the best security system. The best security yeah. systems, the best, everything, everything is, is backed up and backed up, but all you have to have is one person, Soros, yeah. goes and gives $100,000 to, right. and that back door is open. Right, and so I, I also am a paper ballot. You know, we were in Iraq when they did the, um, 
the historic lady with the thumb. You probably saw those pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I didn't get to meet the lady. I'm not here to give you fishtails. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we were on high alert that day. Uh, the entire, uh, you know, uh, country of Iraq was, uh, you know, was had high security. Everybody was. But the thing was is these people showed up and they did not vote on a computer. They voted in a regular election. It was, right. mo- it was run by them. The Iraqis ran that election, as far as I know. Don't quote me on it. But but, uh, but the other problem, the whole other problem is there's no prosecution for when fraud yes. is prevalent. That is absolutely obvious that you see somebody on a video shoving 20 ballots into a box and they catch them and they do nothing. Right. So what is the deterrent to fraud? Yeah, and I don't know when or when that trend started. I mean, I'm assuming this might have been going on for a few years before 2020. It's got uh, to have been. It's been going on for a long time. But there's no persecution, so why not? But I remember back, my first my first vote, just for the record, my first vote was for Ross Perot back in... <laughs> <laughs> Ross Perot? I, 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 was, like, I uh. was like a Bernie bro, right? <laughs> I was spreading the, I was proselytizing Ross Perot. <laughs> the Texas billionaire. <laughs> but anyway, beside the point. But no, but when I, I remember registering to vote and I remember being told while registering to vote, don't you dare commit fraud. Don't you dare commit voter fraud. Like it was, I, I knew that Sir. I could go to jail. Sir. When have you ever seen anyone persecuted or prosecuted for fraud <laughs> right. in an election? Yes. Ever. I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I just always assumed if you broke that law, you could get yourself in some really hot water. Let's well, talk about the prosecution of two Cochise County Board of Supervisors. Exactly. That's right. Because they went to hand count. And now the the attorney general up there and our governor mm-hmm. basically saying you have to use machines. You're not allowed to hand count. That should be raising red flags everywhere. Our own board of supervisors had the same threat here in uh, Pinell County. Yes. Oh. I, okay, this is news to me. No, they were they were threatened, and they were threatened via um, the governor Hobbs when Abe Hamaday was running oh, the okay. general, and they they delayed his ballots going up and didn't tell them that they had all these fraud um, bad ballots oh. like two grand two thousand of them they're provisional votes but uh, the big the big problem on, on the whole thing I think was that the threat just by arresting or charging these two board of supervisors now to all the board of supervisors if you don't do this this election the way we want you to do it it's mandated you have to do this or you're going to go to jail but that's not the law I you know it's just crazy because what happened in Cochise for sure was they, they simply wanted to, um, I, I don't, I don't think they necessarily didn't want to, um, and sign it off. I, th- I think they wanted to have it looked into, right? That, yes. And just because of that, the, they're in court now. Yeah. Yes. They're facing jail time and a big fine. And we don't, and we tried to push into the PC and the PCRC. I said, why are, why are we not backing all these other counties? You know, Maricopa's never going to get on board, but you know, you have 15 counties. So 
why aren't the other 14 counties going and helping Cochise and saying, no, we support you. Right. Right, we support exactly. your decision. You did have some bad, bad characters I mean, here. You had some bad things going on. Why are you being forced to? Um, we yeah, they should have had. That, that, they should have had other counties getting behind right. them. Right, we should. Every single county should have been behind them, saying, "No, we support you." In fact, I don't know. I feel like the sheriff should have said, "You step over here. We'll arrest you." <laughs> So let, let me just add, because we're talking about 15 counties and how Maricopa probably wouldn't do anything. Right. Well, we have the GOP in Maricopa County, Shelby Bush. Okay. And Liz Harris on the, the executive committee introduced right. a resolution that was passed by the Maricopa GOP to impeach the Attorney General Mays because of what happened with the right. supervisors. Okay. And nobody, not our people, anybody else, decided to support this uh, Maricopa GOP. And say, let's yeah, let's impeach this person. And it went right to our speaker, uh, Toma. And guess what? We're like crickets over here. Right. Yeah, you're talking about in Pinell County. Yes. Yeah, we are. We're. Cr- I mean, it's like. But but we keep bringing this up and saying, why aren't we supporting them? Why aren't we the voices are we backing afraid, them up? What, are we and, afraid we're going to get arrested, or? We don't know. We hear crickets. We hear we're crickets. No, we're afraid we of being arrested. Well. I think that that is a direct, I mean, it's, it's violating other amendments, but it's directly a violating the first amendment. You have a right to address. Yes. And so we, you know, again, uh, this is probably why so many people, when you say that you are a Republican are saying, well, you don't do anything. Right. Because so much of it, they're not, I mean, our, our representatives that are supposedly our biggest supporters in this area do nothing. Right. I, I, I personally, I, I did personally ask Jeff Surdy, um a few months ago if the board of supervisors from other counties are networking together because of what happened in Cochise. He said yes. Or he's tried. Or something like that. <laughs> I can't... It, they're not it, it didn't satisfy across, me. <laughs> they're not reaching across the aisles. And, and so, it, you know, you say, you know, you did mention that we do go to all these meetings because it is important, you know, that, you know, when we were in Maricopa City, you know, we were first at, you know, trying to get Route 88 right. open. And, you know, constantly, you know, this has not just been, oh, we just stood up one day and said, hey, the constant to all our representatives, our state representatives, our, our, our wonderful Andy Biggs, which we love. <laughs> and you know, Biggs is just, awesome. uh, and just you know, constant, constant, constant. But you know, first we were down at the state, you know, down at Phoenix for the um, conference. Um, it's called a COR, which is a review, sunset review of ADOT. Okay, sunset review. That's the one. All that's right, the word I was looking for. And um, to be there and to see how how they approached everything and and how important it was that we were sitting there because had we not been sitting there and publicly spoke you know in in their general public you know where they give you public speech had we not been there it would have never been brought up okay no one right ADOT would not have said anything. Sure, ADOT's going <laughs> to... The people on the board would have never said anything if nobody had been sitting there, which was, you know, my husband Jack, Kim Grady, right. and myself. And we stood up and we brought the subject up. And so it was 
now they had to speak about it. Now they had to just make a decision. And so it was just those three little people sitting there and standing up behind everything else that the efforts that were put forward by us in the past that made them make a decision. And then we had to go to Maricopa City. Okay. Because that's when the funding was going to be allocated. Okay. And the funding probably would not have been allocated had not the three of us sat there and said, hey, by the way, we're looking for that $4 million that they said sure. over here at the, at the, at the, at the, the Senate house. Yeah. Saying that, okay, well, now we're going to send it over here. Had we not been sitting there, it never would have been brought up. See, and this is why locals have to get involved. Yes. I mean, imagine what you're doing times, you know, a hundred or times a thousand. And that we we actually asked our our PC people to call in Mm -hmm. because you can. You can call in and give your statement. And none of them did. Barbie did. Yes, you're right. Barbie's Barbie, gonna come LD7. Eventually. Barbie's going to eventually come on. She's going to be my girl. But yeah. She's you precinct know, that, 45 also. And that, oh, and Bill. Bill, Bill Crow. Bill Crow. He showed up. Oh, that awesome. That just to help support. But we asked everyone, you know, hey, come with us. You know, sit here. Yeah. That it's very important. This is why it's important. Because you're making me feel guilty. I need to start going to these. <laughs> no, you know what? Okay, not everybody has a full time job like you do. Right. Right. Jack and I have a. You're billionaires, so it doesn't matter. N- yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know that our our business, I mean, is in our home. Sure. So we can afford to stay home and we have the flexibility to go and do these things. But we have a lot of people out here. We, I mean, here we are with the people who are retired, mm-hmm. but they have skills. They have education. I don't understand why our representation of these people who have all these skills are not the ones stepping up. Right. So let me put a plug in for one of our uh, GOP that's elected down in uh, uh, Casa Grande. This is, her name is Teresa Martinez. Yep, I'm familiar with Teresa Martinez. She did an outstanding job at that conference and just drilled ADOT. Well, and, good. And she is definitely an advocator. Um, you know, I I don't know. There's a couple more people up there, but Teresa was out. Yeah, she's the Republican whip. Yes. Right? And, you know, we all make mistakes in life, and we've had some difficulties with some of our representation in that sense. But, I mean. But you get along with her still. Yes, but if you're willing to, to, to move forward and keep fighting, then you have my Let's kudos. Let's go. Yeah. You have my kudos. Well, that's good. that's good to hear. Well, you know, she gave me a little sense of optimism one time. She came out and I think she talked to the LD. It, it might have been over at our LD, or it might have been up at the uh, PCRC. I can't remember. But she came out and she explained to us that like we've got to keep doing what we're doing yes. because it's frustrating the Hobbs administration, and there's a lot of turmoil, internal turmoil going on. They can't keep people there. They can't. They're they're very unmotivated. 
Well, yeah, they don't treat their people very well, because if you don't align with their ideology, then, you know, you're chastised. Well, I worked for a fraudulent company at one point and only lasted a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, it's true. (laughs) Jack's laughing, but I worked for a company that really was just, uh, I I wasn't going to stick around for that business. I thought it was a different type of job. It was sold to me as a, it was sold to me as one job and it turned out to be a complete mess. Right. and, and yes, and, and, you know, you can get into those situations, but you have to have the uh, fortitude and wherewithal to get yourself out. Yeah. And so I, I can understand big turnover under the Hobbs. Oh, I, no, I, 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 it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like people do need to get more involved and uh, we're hoping we can get more people involved. I didn't have a podcast two and a half years ago. You know, I, I, I was just wanting to just do audio stuff and have fun I, and, Oh, here happy, we are. I'm happy that you have a podcast. We're almost there. We're catching up with we Joe. Are. We're catching up with Joe Rogan. We're just behind him in the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get there. Watch me. <laughs> no, but um, uh, and th- there's another issue that I wanted to bring up too, and I think it's even. Um, I'm not gonna say it's the most important issue, but it's pretty important. It's your uh, red ribbon. The red ribbon USA. Yes, that was our way of bringing. Um, a visual, a visual way to get the message out that we have a two-tiered job, mm-hmm. and you know it, it started with the raid at Marlago. I said this the other day to somebody, and they said, "What? Who's Marlago?" <laughs> right. I said Trump, Marlago, and truly. This younger person had no clue of what happened, that they raided his really? home, that there's swatting going on, that and, and they tried to get me to express it in a way that they could understand. And I said, well, okay, well, you know, you have our government being weaponized against the people that, right. I mean, if, if you're MAGA or you go against what the democratic um, people say you can be swatted or you can have the police come after you or they'll make up things. I mean, the FBI is weaponized against us. So all they have to say is uh, give me a person and I'll find a crime. Right. That's what they do. And that, but this was, you know, because the J sixers were put, you know, you can't go protest anywhere verbally. Right. So this was a visual protest. By wearing the red ribbon, you can now, people who want to know will come and ask you, why are you wearing that red yeah, Why are you wearing a red ribbon? Yeah, that's true. So that opened the door for conversation. I need to put that on my, um, my duster. Yes. When I go out and about. Because it, I mean, those who want to know, those who need knowledge or, or seek knowledge will ask you, why are you wearing that red ribbon? What is yeah. that What is that about? And that just opens the door for the conversation so that you don't have to be verbal and loud and, and protesting where you're going to put yourself in a situation right. where they're going to put you in a gulag somewhere, locked away with no rights whatsoever. And just being able to speak to somebody one-on-one about the inconsistencies right now with our judicial system. Right. Um, There's, 
I don't even know how many people right now are in J6 prison at the moment. I, I don't know the number. But but you look at the, what was it called? The Summer of Love. Uh-huh. Where right. Black Lives Matter were burning down cities and destroying businesses, and they're still looting and robbing. And, yep. and now all these um, cities like uh, you know New York and Chicago and Detroit and things like that, they're even California, that they're shutting down their Walmarts and their Targets right. because... They have, you, what are you going to do? You just let people come in every single day and take $1,500 worth of goods off of your shelves and, yeah. and no prosecution? Right. So and some of these big politicians were donating to uh, organizations that were bailing them out of jail. Yes, yes. And yes, yeah, so is anybody sitting Kamala in jail? Kamala Harris, that name sounds familiar. anybody sitting in jail right now that burn down somebody's business, their livelihood, that they lost everything. Is anybody sitting in jail right now for that? No. no. But the J6ers who just, I mean, they're, I'm sorry, but there were some bad actors. Yeah. But for the most part, the people, they just opened the doors and said, come in, walk around. Here, did they, did they destroy anything? Did they tear anybody up? Did they shoot anybody? They, did they, they kill anyone? They put their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Oh, my goodness. Is that guy in jail? Because I want his autograph. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No, he's, he's here in Arizona. Is he really? The guy that put his feet on the desk? But anyway, the thing, the thing that really, really bothers me, I know you, since you're a veteran and I'm a veteran, right. as we, was, uh, Nan, was uh, Bobbitt when she was, uh, was it Bobbitt? Or Ashley Babbitt. Ashley, Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt. Yes. Ashley yes. Ashley Babbitt she, yeah. was murdered. Right. Blood, blood murder. Cold blood. Cold blooded murder camera. of a yeah. U.S. Air Force veteran who was a M, actually an MP, LAO. Right. And and you know the guy gets away with murder. Yeah, that was when I saw the video. I I could not believe what I had just witnessed. I mean, it was the so here we are killing in cold blood. Here is our two-tiered justice system right in front of your face. Yeah. And what are we doing about it? I'm just I, trying to have a discussion about it. I, I'm surprised Americans are quiet on a lot of these issues. Well, we're not because, quiet, but the last the one thing I got to see about the red ribbon, the last time I checked, uh -huh. you can't go to prison for wearing a red ribbon. That's true. Nice little red ribbon. That was a cool little deal. Are, are you still? Are you still? You're still selling them and stuff, right? You're, or not selling them? Selling them's not the word. Well, we were giving, you know. Well, we were connected with the PCs and the yeah. PCRC when we were first starting doing this, and they were very much on board until I decided to run, and then it L lacked support. <laughs> it just died. See, that's why I keep died on their table, but not on ours. So yeah. we're still out there, and yes, we were in Casa Grande at Boots. Okay. Boot Hawks. Okay. His group. Oh, okay. The conservative freedom lovers. Conservative freedom lovers out there in Casa Grande. And I just spoke with them last weekend. And I brought my red ribbons. And I barely have any left. That every single person oh, awesome. there grabbed a red ribbon and put it on immediately oh, that's so understanding cool. and and gave donations that's great that they couldn't 
they couldn't get enough of them. They wanted to take them to their friends. They wanted, yes, yes, I, I understand this message. I, I, I want to promote this message. Right. So that our own PCRC here doesn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, and, and Jack made a good point a few weeks ago when we were talking. Um, it's kind of interesting when you don't get the support from, say, your local Republicans, and then you find yourself going outside to do things. You actually find it to be more effective in a lot of ways. But that and that is what we're experiencing right yeah. now because we have stepped. I mean, we were captains for our precinct, right? And we stepped down from that and gave it to a very, very uh, capable person. Jake, oh yeah, Jake Bramlett. Oh yeah, he's great, and he's doing a great job. He's stepping right up into it, and you know he's perfect for it. But we found that we were being stifled in our abilities to do what we want to do because I'm running. Yeah, it's it's uh, and that's why I'd asked that it's original a, it's question. It's a double-edged is, sword. It's a double-edged sword. You, you, that's why I was saying you got a lot of people. This you've got a lot of people running for these slots. Like the, the, this is I, I forget the is it five? No, how many people are running? Is it seven people that are running right now? Or oh, for 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 the board, board of supervisors? How many people oh, are for, officially running? For board four? of supervisors, District Five. We have four people. So it's Jeff Surdy, Todd House. And a gentleman named David Moulton, who's out in Santan Valley. Okay. And myself. And they're running for two two positions. No. Or, no, they're running for one position. One position. Oh, but there's okay. five. There's, there's five, five right. board of supervisors, and every single one of them are up for election. Yeah, I see it right here. You got District One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. Right. And Surdy is District Five. Right. We're District Five. So yes, there's four people running for one position. Now, um, the LD Seven we have two positions okay. that can be taken. Oh, so you okay. have two votes for them. Okay. That's probably where you're getting confused. Uh-huh, yeah. There's like about seven or eight running for that. Yeah, but... Oh, okay, that's... Out. Okay. But, we, you know, who we love. They're dropping like flies. <laughs> you know who we love. We love our Steve Slayton, and we oh, yeah. love our Barbie Ingle. Yeah, Barbie's going to come on. Yay! Yeah, Barbie's going to be on. Well, I told her that we were coming here, and she goes, oh, yeah, that's right, Neagle. Yeah. She didn't even know that you came out and helped us. Oh, she didn't know. At our you table. Know, you know what's interesting I'm like, is... oh, my goodness. I, I, you know, you guys don't know who comes out and helps us? I, I've got to do some search engine optimization because I, I'm like the lazy mechanic. Like, I go and I build out this podcast and everything, and then, and then I, I, like, I go, okay, I got a podcast. Go. <laughs> It's like lemonade stand. It's just on the. It's just behind the hill there. <laughs> well, we've tried to do this several times, and it seems like it's best to do it in a studio like this, yeah. rather than you know. It's like um, I started my business, uh, Yoga Without Walls, and it was my Yoga Without Walls because I tried to get out there in the community. Yeah, and I found out quite quickly that doesn't work so well. No. <laughs> Is it uh, cars? Is it, cars, um, just foot traffic, um, you know, any type of park that you're in. You got people who just walk up and go, what are you doing? Well, I'm in the middle of a yoga class. Uh, would you like <laughs> to join us? No, I want to talk to you about it. What do you, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm truly, I'm teaching right now. You're are literally you, teaching and they're you, coming yeah, up. To- oh, yeah. 
and want to hear all about it. Or, you know, you have the the lawn maintenance people coming through with the lawn blowers (laughs) and the and the cutters and the little hedgers. And you're like, oh, okay, we're we're meditating right now. But okay, these are (laughs) these are the sounds of the world. Let them flow through (laughs) you. Let them envelop you. (laughs) You are a part. So, yes. Wow. It, it is it is what it is. You, you know, it is that, you know, cert- things like this need to be in certain places. So, Well, you've been awesome, Rhonda. Are you going to come back on? Absolutely. Are we going to do some follow-ups? Do you want me to come back? Absolutely. I'd love to be here again. We, we could, we could uh, you know. This is the best. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack has a reputation for being like, I don't know, like a Clint Eastwood. I don't know. Uh, he's got a reputation for being something. But... He's just a badass. <laughs> but you, you've been quiet, Jack. So I, well, I don't want Rhonda to talk because she's the one running. <laughs> I'm not running. Uh, you know, my preference is John Wayne. But, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clint's good, too. <laughs> I say Clint because, as you, you both know me, I, I watch the Italian westerns all the time. But I do, too. We love our spaghetti westerns. <laughs> but we, we love that one show with uh, Jackie Chan and John Wayne. Was that the uh, one Shanghai Nights was the other one? Oh yeah, 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 but but oh, I can't the, 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 the name now. but he he says, "What's your western? What's your cowboy name?" John Wayne. Oh, that's a stupid name for a cowboy. <laughs> I'll tell you in the spaghetti western genre. And when I met Paula Tuliani, I called it Italian western, and she was like, "Oh, you're awesome. You called it Italian. You didn't call it spaghetti." So I thought that was kind. Of, I got a props from Paula for that. But um, the worst. Spaghetti westerns are those Shanghai Joes. Have you heard of those? No. Ugh, it's they're horrible. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. You, don't watch them. You'll never get your time it back. Sounds like Trinity. Uh, the Trinities are horrible too. You don't like the Trinities, do you? I do. Oh, you do like the Trinities. I love my names. <laughs> my name's Trinity. My Trinity is still my name. <laughs> they, they have all those How scenes of the damn worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do got to come back on. And we could talk about more issues and stuff like that. Thank you, Neil. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you've both been great. It'll be good. we got to have Jack on to talk more about local stuff. Jack's like the local expert. But I I think we've kind of demonstrated how important local politics are. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil.